Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies. So I feel like the topic of overcoming fear is a timely topic, no matter what's happening in the world or through your life right now. There's always amazing stories. And today we have our guest, Emma Farrick, with us. And she has an incredible story of how she's overcome a lot of fear to get to where she is right now, whether it's through relationships, through a business, and um, just creating massive change and, and snowballing through that. So we have her here to share her story with us, which I think is really cool. Just learning a little bit about it myself too. So I'm excited to hear more. So thanks for being on with us, Emma. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah, we are yes. I know. Today, today's going to be super cool. There's a, well, we'll have to dive in, but I'm excited to learn more about you. So that's why we always do the story part. Spotlight on Emma today. I'm excited. Story time. So just overall, obviously we'll do this and then we can get break down to the nitty gritty, but you obviously have overcome a lot to get to where you are. You have a business right now. So Elf Operations, you have, that's your business, virtual support for creative entrepreneurs. Growing that, growing through that space, but it wasn't like an easy step to get there. It wasn't like you just woke up and said, let's start a business. It sounds like you went through a lot personally, mindset shifts to get to a point where you even felt confident and even trying to start a business. So wherever you feel like is a good place to start, where you were at, where like, I know it's hard to pick a point because you were constantly growing. So I don't know what point you want to start from, but where like that first big fear, I guess, like that first big thing you overcame that made you feel like I'm a badass. I can overcome all this stuff. Yeah. So I guess it all kind of snowballed after I was in a relationship with my daughter's father in 2018 and she was just born and things were just starting to just become so awful, like mentally and emotionally. It was just a toxic relationship. Yeah. And then in fourth, around 4th of July, 2018, it turned abusive, physically abusive, wow. more so than just mentally and emotionally. There was like multiple times Charlotte and I had, Charlotte's my daughter, sorry, <laughs> had moved or left the house or been kicked out at some point or moved out. We moved out. I moved out once before officially moving out because... They say it takes like seven times before you can actually leave your abuser. Wow. But I, yeah, I officially left in November of 2018 after I was sent to the hospital one night. I came home from a friend's house. It would have been like the first time I'd gone out to see my friends since having Charlotte. I was, was struggling with postpartum depression on top of, you know, the normal hormones you go through after having a baby. This is my first one. And then emotional abuse and then physical abuse on top of it. And I came home. And we got into a fight because he didn't like what I said. I didn't know that when I, when I came home, he had also, I found this out the next morning when I came back to the apartment or back to our house, that he had also been drinking while watching our daughter and wow. his son at the time. But we got into an altercation and I ended up having to leave because I just didn't even feel comfortable. I couldn't even take my daughter with me because I knew that was going to start a bigger fight. But I knew... Something was wrong because I was bleeding and my nose was broken. Wow. And all this, like, there was just so many words said that, like, I could never forgive him for saying things that you just don't say to someone in your rational mind. Like, just the worst things I could even have heard. So I literally didn't even have my phone. He took my phone and I walked out the door not even knowing what to do or where to go. 
But in all, the next day I had to file for a PFA, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because, you know, you're in this state of shock. You don't know what to do. But I did that for my daughter and for myself for protection. And we went through a PFA, sorry, protection from abuse. Oh, okay. Order, which is something most states offer to help put in. It's a little bit more than a restraining order. So you filed that and you have to show that there was either a threat or your life was in danger. For me, I had physical bruising and my nose was broken. And so they could tell and they granted me the PFA. And there's like a whole legal process you have to go through. And on top of the PFA and then the custody, there was a legal battle for a legal avenue, not a battle for the assault because I ultimately had to call the cops because I couldn't let it go undocumented. And my aunt actually had gone through a similar thing. So that's how I knew to even what to do because they always tell you document it and get it reported because the more it's documented, the better it is. And since there was physical harm in Pennsylvania, they have to arrest on site. So they did that night. I went to the hospital, documented it all there for the trial and everything. So that whole year was absolutely yeah 2018 and 2019 was absolutely awful and I just kind of focused on working on myself and what I was going to do to support myself because I didn't want even financial ties really with him or that control and there was no child support coming in so on one income I had just graduated college two years before that I was because I was 23 at the time so I had like student loan debt you know a child to put in full-time daycare, a, job, a full-time corporate job. So my answer to all that was after doing months of research, months of therapy, just working on myself, what to do next, I started ELF operations because I needed something to bring in extra income and I didn't want to be tied down to another corporate job or spend more time not with my daughter right. because ultimately the mom guilt was starting to weigh in of not being there. And I was like her only main I was her main caregiver and so it just killed me to leave her in daycare for 40 hours a week and that's where I found virtual assistant work and I took a course on that and I'm now growing my business into a different avenue of being tech support and process improvement and the whole operational side of an online business so I'm still utilizing my degree and then learning a bunch of new tech and processes in the online space and how to apply those frameworks and help other business owners who are either going virtual or launching their businesses. Cool. Wow. Well, wow, you have quite the story. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And to come through it with such resiliency, that's brave. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it definitely was the hardest thing I've had to go through. I so hope far. it continues to only be the hardest thing and there's nothing else like that. So I'm just curious what you're going through all this. And then you said, I, I decided I got to start working on myself and working through these kinds of things. Like what, obviously all that, like, was there somebody that kind of like took you under there, like to mentor or someone that like pointed you in the right direction? Like, did you have like support? Like, where did you find that in case someone's listening? That's maybe like, I'm going through shit too. Like, how do I find the support to start working on myself or change or, or gain that strength? Yeah, I, well, I was living after we left that home, I was living with my aunt who, who had gone through a similar situation. So she really helped me through all of that. But then I started just doing a lot of research on myself, 
for myself on, I started listening to podcasts. That was like my main source. And that's why I love being on podcasts now and sharing my story was because I started listening to all these different entrepreneurial podcasts or well, personal finance podcasts is really what started it. So I listened to bigger podcasts, the Mun podcast yeah. to try and figure out, well, how am I going to pay this debt off? And I was listening to all these stories of people who had overwhelming amounts of debt, started their own business or started some side hustle. And that's really what piqued my interest at the beginning. So I started looking up different blogs and different places on how I could do this and what I could do without giving up time with my daughter. And I ultimately found the Virtual Savvy, which is a VA course that helps you launch everything. So I invested my little bit of my emergency fund that I had left into this to hopefully like create a return on investment, which it has now. Yeah. Well, it was an emergency in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because long-term I was, after looking at all my expenses, right? Well, my fiance now, we actually just recently got engaged, but he's the one who turned me on to a lot of the personal finance blogs. And we like sat down after I broke down one day and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was so scared to look at my numbers. I had huge like money fears. And so we sat down, we did a a spreadsheet together of every expense, what everything could cut out. And I was with everything cut out that I could possibly cut out. I was still at a $400 a month loss with my corporate job. Wow! So I was like, I can't even pay for myself with everything. So that's what really kicked me into gear. I was like, I need to know my numbers and I need to figure this out. So the whole problem solving in me like kicked in and was like, okay, I'm done being in survival mode. I need to... Because that's what you're in for so much, so long after that is just yeah. survival mode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just... You know, it's when you're in that survival mode, you just know that there's... The only way to get out is to keep moving forward. And yeah. that's, you know, just doing... You have that will to survive and thrive. And you are just like... They said before, it's like having that bravery and the, and the courage to just keep keep pushing forward because you know an alternative and that's not where you want to go. So seeing this is like kind of looking back at some of our struggles is like we realize that there are blessings in disguise, but there's always a silver lining more or less. Yeah, and yeah. not not saying like what happened to you is you know, not minimizing that at all. You know, we have to, as women, we have to look at that as motivation to meet, keep moving forward because that doesn't have to define you. Right. And that was like a huge thing in my at my recovery was I didn't want to be seen as a victim. And that was this huge fear of mine is I don't want to be seen as a victim. I don't want to, because a lot of women are like afraid of telling people about their abuse because if they feel like it's going to make them look dumb or they, that how could they be so naive? And that was like things that I was thinking, but then I had to switch my mindset into, well, I am a victim and I am strong. Like I'm a victim because I left. I didn't like, my life is still here. I saw my daughter and I still see the silver lining in that. Like if I would have left when I left the first time, I'd have to split custody with this person. And because of everything that happened and me going to the hospital and me fighting for what was right, he just deteriorated in front of the, the judges and everything. So now I have full physical custody. And yeah. like we're to a point after so many incidences that he just couldn't keep up the charade. So that's yeah. like one big takeaway for anyone listening who might be going through this. If you keep being persistent and documenting everything, because he definitely was like a narcissist or bipolar, they can't keep up the charade forever. And a judge will eventually see through that. How long were you guys together? We were together for a little over a year. So I 
found out about my daughter my right before my last semester of college. That okay. was like a total unplanned. Like we hadn't been together that long right. kind of situation where I was just like, okay, now I guess I got to stick it out for her kind of situation because I wanted her to have both right. parents. So yeah, and, it's, and you bring up like obviously the narcissism bipolar because they can be so charming at first. Mm-hmm. And then that's the whole point is they make you feel crazy that you're yeah. like... <laughs> there's a cycle. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a cycle. That's, right. yeah, that's... and. Well, good. I'm glad that you got away from that. What would you say that means for you? Like too, I guess, like as a mom, especially having a little girl, you know what I mean? Like that you're like instilling those values in her and showing her that like, you don't need anybody, A. Yeah. B, like you have the power to correct any situation or if you're being mistreated to walk away and fight through that, I guess. Yeah. I definitely, like she was my biggest driver. Like, I don't know if I would have, been intact as much as I could have without her. Like she would, I just, I kept thinking to myself, why, what would you do if this was her? Like, how would you see yourself or feel if this was her going through this? Because I had, I just let it slide for so long. And I was like, I would never want someone to treat her like this. So why am I letting someone treat me like this? And now she's just so much better. Like for like the, you go through this back and forth of you want your child to have their parent and that's what the system tells you and like is best for them but in my gut I knew that having both him and I in her life was never going to be what's best for her because of that potential of him mentally abusing her and because he was he had like a god complex and like I'm the greatest thing on the earth like men over women and I was like I don't want her to ever feel like that and I don't ever want like I would never want anyone else to feel like that and that's like a huge thing for me in my business and like as part of my brand is to help empower other women and make sure they never feel like they're not an equal or not as good as a male or anyone else because it's not supposed to be like that. And I didn't want her to experience that. And she is just thriving because of not having that in her life. Right. And I love that, you know, these phrases are a bit cliche, but how your mess becomes your message and your pain becomes your purpose. And, you know, for women, it, we, we tap into those stories that either held us back or somehow defined us. And when we tap into that, it, it's so, you know, empowering then because we're using that to inspire other women or to be a voice for other women or to provide that courage for other women. And, and it's, I mean, everything that you're doing is that advocacy. So tell us more about the work that you're doing. You know, how are you with your virtual service, the empowering women? So tell, tell our listeners more about what that entails, what that looks like, where you're at in this business, and when did you actually go full-time? You, know, you talk about, you know, having perseverance, right? So when did your business, when did this happen? Uh, yeah. I actually started attracting a lot of female entrepreneurs that I wanted to work with that actually were solopreneurs. And someone brought it to my attention on, I think someone I connected with on LinkedIn because I, I share a lot of my story and my messages on there. And they said that it was so cool that I'm helping solopreneurs because I had been a single mom. And I was for almost a year until I met my now fiance. And I was doing everything like on my own. And I'm like, it's so... He, was, he brought it to my attention. He's like, it's so cool that you're helping other solopreneurs take on every other parts of their business when you're a single mom who was doing everything for a long time. And I was like, yeah, I did. I did. I, that was a lot of my first few clients were just solopreneur women who were ready to grow and scale. 
And I was using my business. At first, I was just using general administrative services, something I could do on the weekend or at night. Very easy clients because they were definitely challenges, but great clients that I loved and could do with my daughter. But now that I took my business full-time in April of this year, right in the middle of COVID, because I was in a job, a corporate job that we were considered essential. And I just knew in my heart that I didn't want to be there anymore. My goal had been to quit in September of this year. And I had been taking a marketing like program, a group coaching program with Marta, who you guys have interviewed. And I was in the middle of her program. And I was like, I think I can do it. I think I can quit sooner. I don't want to be going into work every day with COVID. And I knew in my gut, I'm like, everyone's so worried about their jobs. And But I, I was listening to another podcast, uh, Screw the 9 to 5. And they were talking about all these online businesses growing right now. And hiring. And I just knew in my gut from all the social media groups that I'm in and podcasts that I listen to that this was the time to make the switch. I was like, if I don't have more time, I'm not going to be able to take on more clients. So I moved some money around, had my my emergency fund ready. Then we had the stimulus check. So I was like, that just added into my emergency fund. So I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Like my my fiance said, I think you can too. And I'm, I'll help you if you need it, but I don't think you'll need it. And I just, I just put in my two weeks. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to be with my daughter. She has no daycare. I need to make this, the make the switch now. And luckily I did because the person I had watching my daughter went back to work <laughs> like two weeks right. after I quit. So it kind of is funny how everything works out. And I've continued to just help a lot of female entrepreneurs grow their business and automate parts of their business because that's the the key thing that I love to do and help them do, which was a huge part of taking my time and setting up my business was automating my onboarding, automating as like things that I could so that I could utilize that time to help clients and not be working in the back end of my business. And so that's what I love helping my clients do and document their processes so that they can grow and scale. Awesome. So talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. You know, given our our current situation in this pandemic we're in, we're seeing so many, both sides of it, businesses are coming out of growth and startups. And and then there's businesses that have been around forever that hadn't been able to survive. And it's just, you know, I see it from both sides of the spectrum. And it's like, like you said, when are you ever going to have this time? This is that time for personal growth, business growth, development overall. And you're really taking advantage of that opportunity. And so you're living proof that if you believe in something and you have that opportunity, take advantage of that because this is a gift. Like you yeah. took that and that's amazing. Like, and especially, you know, having that, that mission and message right now, because it's, it is, it's still fresh on you. You feel like the time is at your advantage. You're working with it. You're giving back to these other solopreneurs who maybe are like you six months ago, just thinking of an idea. And now you're right. helping them set up a whole system to not only build, grow, and scale, but automate. So this is like a great opportunity for other women to jump on board and just follow their dream. And like you said, you have nothing to lose at this point. Right. You know, you give it a shot because the time is back. You, know, you get your time back if it doesn't work out and you'll never yeah, get that right. in any other situation. So well done. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, kind of like Thanks. parallels, you know, where you were right. saying, like, I don't want to be looked at as a victim this, this, and this. So the same thing with like businesses during this, you're like, I'm not going to be a freaking victim of COVID either. (laughs) 
And I'm not going to be a statistic of a business that flop because I'm giving it my all. And like you, your, your perseverance is what's this momentum, the traction that you just keep running off of. There was a quote that I don't even remember where I heard it or read it because I was just doing so much research before I quit. And someone said that the worst case scenario is you have to go back to a full-time job. You have to go back to what everyone else is doing. So why not yeah. give it your shot? Because I'm like, okay, I know that I can find a job if I need another job. Yes. I think so many people, what you just said, like that worst case scenario where like, I mean, I can talk to a lot of people that are like on that fence of wanting to do something and like, they make it such a bigger deal in their head where it's like, what do you think is going to happen? If you fail, do you think that like, we're going to parade you around and everyone's going to like see you and yell things at you? Like, like what do people like (laughs) the worst case scenario is you just go get another job until you find something else that works. Like you can still keep working toward it and just get a job in the meantime to make ends meet while you're still trying to make it. But yeah, if people, when they think worst case scenario, I think people really blow it out of proportion in their minds and create this bigger right. issue than it needs to be. Just try it. Just do it. I dare you. Right. I dare fear. a lot of people to start their business. Exactly. It's fear. Mm-hmm. And, and so fear will hold you back. And the way, you know, for me, the way I've kind of I had to do a lot of reframing in my own mindset is over all these years. And, and, you know, it's like you win or you lose like that concept. It's like, but if you tried, you already won. And so if you're, if you're starting right now and you don't have a job and you try to create your own business and you fail, but you're right back where you started, but you actually didn't fail because you tried and now you know what doesn't work. So technically you won. And so we have so many more lessons learned. Right. And so you're, you're, you're starting back at zero now with experience. And so, you know, no matter what, so whether you have that job at uh, furloughed or currently being employed, you try. And if that doesn't work, you're still furloughed or you still have a job, or maybe you don't have a job, but you're exactly where you just started. Yeah. Right. So has your business kind of like developed since, since what you started, did it kind of like mold into something? Is it exactly what you thought it would be? Or is it some like kind of mold into like, kind of roll and grow as it go, you know what I mean? Is it what you thought it would be where you are? Or is it, do you get what I'm asking? Yes and no. Yeah, I get what you're asking. But I want to preface for anyone listening. It's not like I quit and had a bunch of clients. I literally had one client. I'm going to be super transparent with this. I had one client and I was charging her $400 or something ridiculous. Like I didn't even price myself well, like at all. And that month we had a conversation about what, what our, how it was going to go forward, how we were going to renew our contract or not. And it ended up that we flipped roles and I was going to end up paying her to be my coach because I had yeah. like some mindset shift stuff to do. And I had one more client coming on. So I literally quit with one, maybe two clients and a couple of leads. And I now have four monthly retainer clients that are at least covering my... It's not like I'm making a ton, but I have a covering my expenses and like strategy for growth and plans for growth. And I've definitely switched up what I've been offering. So I want to be fully transparent for people because I always do that in my marketing. I don't ever want to mislead people. And I want people to know it's not like all sunshine and rainbows. Like there was days, there's been plenty of no's. Everyone says, yes, I want to work with you. There's definitely a lot of not right now where I already have someone. And it's a matter of just finding your people and attracting those people and finding who you want to work with. So I've had clients that I've taken and I didn't really want to work with them because I took them to take on a job and I regretted it. And right. now I'm 
on the process of finding my ideal clients that I really want to work with and not just in an administrative capacity, but in that tech and operations, because I was getting so many referrals for just one-off projects. So I did a lot of those in May. And I was like, why not make a why not make a package out of this? So now I have a save my system package where I expedite and do a one-off project, but more so under my terms instead of just getting these random jobs thrown at me. So now it's a little bit more structured and I can pitch that to people where I have an expedited amount of time. I'll customize this package and set up an automation. I'll set up a system and it's not a monthly retainer. We just do it on a project by project basis. If you want more help after, we can talk about another project or sometimes like one time they yeah. they signed on as a monthly because they wanted a specific tech assistant in their business and someone to help them with what I was doing. So it was definitely a huge shift. It wasn't like I knew that I was going to be what packages I wanted to offer for sure. I'm always changing things and that's okay. And I'm just trying to fill my clients, but also plan for the next few steps ahead. So I think that's been the biggest switch in being an entrepreneur and a business owner is you're not just sitting... like You're not just thinking of it like an employee. What's the day-to-day? I have to think like five steps ahead. (laughs) For sure. I think that's awesome for being transparent because that's obviously like our biggest value. I love it is... And especially like, it should almost go without saying, but I'm glad that you did because you're so new in your business. You said you just went full-time in April. So I don't think anyone's expecting you to be just slaying it just yet. You know what yeah. I mean? But, but you're in those steps and doing those steps and thinking years down the road, which is exactly like needs to happen. There's probably so many, if we could have to sit down in five years and be having a totally different conversation, you know? So right. hopefully. Right. Well, I'll take <laughs> All it takes is just starting that one step. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's just so many people in the online space that you see. Like, I just feel like so many people also in the honor of transparency that put like, I'm making 10K months and this amount of time, but they don't show the huge struggle and the fails and everything that happened before that. So that's why I want to be able to show that to help Where other people. Yeah. 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 Which and is good. And that attracts the right people. Right. And when people are, are saying that they're making that much, sometimes I don't know whether or not to believe them because we've said this before time and time again, where it's like the most successful people that I know, they don't need to tell you how much they make. You can just tell their, you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. I like people have to say it. They have to, I don't know. You also don't know what their pit. profit is. If how many, right. how much expenses, how much debt they've exactly. already accrued. Yeah. Like that's just sales. There's yeah. a whole lot of underlying things that go that's into right. actual profit. Yeah. Yeah, right. Good and marketing. Exactly. And that and that's what, you know, our listeners, we hope that you, you know, if you're on this fence about taking the leap, should I start a business? Should I not? And you're thinking, oh, well, I'm at zero and this person's making hundred K this month, don't compare their your first chapter to their twentieth chapter. It's yeah. all relative to how long they've been in business. And like you said, they're gonna show you the gross. There's probably a ton of expenses in there. Because for every business, you have to, you know, you have expenses, you have overhead and everything. So Aaron and I had actually talked about this, I think on a different podcast as well, is just what is put out there. And I think that's for us, we started this podcast because we wanted to show the, the transparency. We wanted to keep it real. We wanted to be raw about our stories, our struggles, our stripes, because nobody should ever have to feel like they're comparing themselves and that prevents people from, you know, pursuing a dream or a business or whatever it may be. Because yeah. you never know what it took for somebody else to get there. You don't. For every story, there's a backstory, and then for every backstory, there's another story. And there, you, we never know it all. 
And so we really appreciate this transparency because this is exactly what our listeners need to hear. You're in the same boat. We're all in this pandemic together and it's what you make of it. And so whether you have one client or no clients, but if you have a will and a desire, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Emma's slaying it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So we're coming up on a time here. Do you have anything, like I said before, like sometimes we can get talking and then we miss things that you want to say. So before we wrap up, is there anything like you want to make sure that we talk about a story or a part of your business, a just anything at all? Are you- just that if you have listeners that are interested or if I want to reach out, please don't feel free because I know so many people who I listen to on podcasts definitely changed my life and I wish I would have been able to talk to them or not been afraid to talk to them. So if yeah. you're in the same situation, either abusive relationship or thinking about starting a business, please don't feel like hesitant to reach out because you can just you just sometimes it helps to talk to people who have been through it. So I always say like I'm I'm an open book. I'm free to share. I love helping other entrepreneurs grow their business, and I would not hesitate to just reach out because there's so many people that I reached out to when I was first starting that have definitely changed changed my course, changed my business, changed my outlook on things. And it all happens from just reaching out on social media. Right. That's perfect. And obviously we'll put all your information too in the show notes of where people can reach you. We'll put that out there for you. That's awesome to open yourself up to everybody. Thank you for that. Yes. And thank you for sharing your your story. You know, it's uh, it's inspiring. And I know it's going to inspire other people to step forward and hopefully get the courage to, to ask for help. And that that's yeah. the important thing. It's like, you know, no matter what you're going through in life, you're never alone. If you know Aaron and I, we're always saying, ask for help. You are not alone. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, we look forward to watching your, your business grow as well. So thanks again. And you guys, you have definitely added value to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. And I'm so excited to have gotten this time together with you. And it's been a blast. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.